Boy, this show's just steaming along, and it's going to get faster now. Josh English is here, Covers.com founder and betting analyst. Josh, how are you today, sir? Tapman, what's up? How are we doing today? Is uh, everybody safe in the studio or what? Uh, not in the studio today at the uh, Yes Guy headquarters, and, and everything looks uh, snowingly well, if you know what I mean. <laughs> No, no, I'm happy. Uh, happy in my own, in my own headquarters as well. So, a uh, hat off to everybody who made it into the studio today. Absolutely, some brought in food that looks a little weird, but we'll we'll get into that as the show regresses later on. Um, Saturday night, Saturday night, Raiders and Steelers. The Raiders go into this game minus two point five. What do you think of this game? Uh, this is an interesting game. It's not getting as much attention for the weather as games like Buffalo and Chicago and the uh, New Orleans-Cleveland game, but it's going to be cold. It's going to have 15 to 20 mile an hour winds, which is kind of where we see a digression in passing conditions, and we've seen gusts of up to 40 miles an hour, so that's a big deal. We have an outdoor quarterback and an indoor quarterback in Derek Carr playing an outdoor game, and I think... Uh, we're already seeing the market fall. The under 225 and a half passing yards, that's falling to 219. I think there's a little more room for that to fall as well. We're also getting Kenny Pickett back here for Pittsburgh. I mean, he's coming off his second brain injury of the season. I like how that's how we call it now instead of a concussion, kind of bringing light to it. But this, this is going to be a tough one, I think, on both sides. Uh, that's why we're not seeing the number go through to the three and sit at Pittsburgh minus two and a half. But, Conditions will be pretty crappy and should affect both quarterbacks in this game. Okay, I feel like I'm anchoring Storm Desk 2022. So because of the way the weather's hitting us here, and I assume it's somewhat similar in a lot of the American cities because this is just like a blanket, uh, in terms of overnight adjustment to lines and all that, and you know, you wake up and, and by noon tomorrow, there, there could be some adjusting, right? Oh, yeah. Weather comes in and out, especially in a place like Pittsburgh. When we see stuff like Buffalo, I mean, we saw what happened last Saturday night. It was sitting at 44. It went down to 43. It got that back, bought back up. It went back and forth. But a lot of the stuff, week, I mean, Monday, basically, or Sunday night, all the value kind of got snapped up on the Cleveland-New Orleans game. I believe that was at 37.5. The Buffalo-Chicago game, uh, a lot of that stuff got bought up. So if you're betting unders kind of at this point, you're usually stuck with the worst number. But even at that point, we saw last night how bad conditions can be. You can still be on the right side, but you're probably still getting the worst number. Okay, so one more on the Raiders-Steelers game. What do you make of the Raiders? Like, How bad a story is this? I mean, they both have the same record, but the Raiders are shaded a little worse than the Steelers, aren't they? Uh, I think that they've struggled with Josh McDaniels and the coaching. I think they've struggled to maintain leads, which is something good teams do. I think if they didn't have Josh Jacobs here this year, who's running like a man possessed, they would be an even worse team. Uh, but this is this is the week to week. This is any given Sunday or any given Saturday night. And, I mean, we're getting Mitch Jabritsky's out and we're getting Kenny Pickett back. The Raiders could easily win this game, but the conditions are bad. This is an indoor team. This is not something that they're going to feel comfortable for, and that's reflected in the line at Pittsburgh now minus two. So there has been a little buyback on the Raiders side. Okay, let's shift to Sunday night, uh, a.k.a. Christmas night. Um, we've got the Buccaneers taking on the Cardinals. Uh, it feels like the Bucs should walk over the Murrayless cards, but is that really the case? 
This is this will be the uh, if Tom Brady loses this game, this will be because we we hear it week to week. Oh, he's done. He's, and then you get some people like Carlo who are like, no, he's not done. He's still there, but he's losing all his bandwagon jumpers. And if he loses to Trace McSorley and Arizona as a seven and a half point favorite this week, then um, there's going to be just a constant talk over the holiday of Tom Brady should hang it up. And he should beat them. He should absolutely beat them. Mike Evans looked good last week. He looks spry. He's got a receiving total of 49 and a half yards. I like the over. Uh, This actually projects as a really fast game, whether you like it or not. Tampa Bay just passes at the highest rate. Tom Brady's going to set the record for most passes thrown in a year. They should walk it over, but there's a really big point. Adam Chernoff brought it up on the Simple Handicap podcast that this game was Colt McCoy, and the line was at six and a half. Trace McSorley comes in. This line moves across the seven to seven and a half. Don't really think there's that much of a downgrade between Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley, who will be making his first NFL start. But I just think the move from six and a half to seven and a half might be a bit much. And I don't think I want to lay seven and a half points with Brady anywhere, especially on the road. Well, I mean, let's sort of wrap up the Brady stuff this way. Are, are we showing, you know, the, the you know this this future Hall of Famer too much respect? Do you think we are? I, I think so. I think he deser- I think he deserves it more than anybody else. He's also been put in a situation where his offensive line can't run block. Uh, this is the they're passing the ball at seventy percent. You're asking Tom Brady and his forty plus year old arm to throw the ball forty five times every game. He's not put in a very good situation here. Uh, maybe if he was in on a different team, it would be a different story. But when you're relying on Tom to win your games at this age, maybe that's something more or less to do with your play calling and uh, maybe your system. Okay, let's uh, go over to the Monday night or, or the Boxing Day night game, as we like to say here. Chargers taking on the Colts. So Matt Ryan has been benched for Nick Foles. How does this impact the Colts, uh, Colts props? And with Taylor, uh, can we expect anything from the Colts offense? So this is this is another funny one. This is like when we're looking at projections, benching Matt Matt Ryan for Nick Foles really isn't doing much for either side. But the one issue is, and another good point that Chernoff brought up, that Nick Foles wasn't practicing with the team. He was a scout. He was on the scout team, so he's had no reps with the Colts starters. That is a big deal, and that's why we're kind of seeing this four and a half for the Chargers slip up. And right now, actually, it's at four. So we're seeing a little buyback on the Colts, which is funny. I mean, Taylor's out. Derwin James, who's the heart of the, the Chargers' defense, he's questionable. It looks like on paper two teams that are obviously going in different directions. Can the Colts come back after what happened last week? That was disastrous. The Chargers are, are stealing their season. They're getting healthier. Everybody's back. Keenan Allen's getting 15 targets a game for 89 yards. Mike Williams on the outside, Austin Eckler as well, and Joshua Kelly. There's a lot to like with the Chargers, uh, but we're seeing a line go back to four, which is really interesting. I like the Chargers on this side, but it will be interesting to see just how much Matt Ryan held back this offense when Nick Foles comes in. He has nothing to lose. He could certainly sling it if he needed to. And honestly, Zach Moss and Deion Jackson uh, in the backfield – helping out instead of Jonathan Taylor. Not a huge downgrade. They'll rotate, so there's certainly some things to look for there. Look for a big game from a man, Keenan Allen, though. He'll man the slot. 
We saw what K.J. Osborne did to the Indianapolis Colts last week. I mean, uh, Kenny Moore, the slot cornerback, he's uh, questionable too. So Keenan Allen could certainly go off in this game, even though he's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. But, hey, indoor game. We finally get a nice indoor game here. Yeah. Uh, Josh, let's go over to the uh, NFC wildcard race. Dallas obviously in. But of these next five teams, and I'm going to put Green Bay in there because I'm a one-share owner of the Packers. I'm putting the Lions in because I'm a lifelong Lions supporter. So I, I got all my personal stuff covered here. Uh, the Giants, Washington, Seattle, Detroit, and Green Bay. Who gets in? Oh, goodness. What a, what a put me on the spot <laughs> question. Uh, you ask me this question because you don't know how to answer it either. I don't. That's right. Detroit, like I know, but Detroit, I can only trust Detroit at home. Jared Goff has proven he's just been like, an elite quarterback playing indoors at four field. The Packers could come back. They're getting healthy. Their defense, their secondary is decent. I mean, Washington, yuck. I, I, I don't know. I wish I knew the answer. I, don't, I wish I could give you a $10 answer right now, but I think that's the question. After this, after that, what's going to happen? And to be perfectly honest, I don't know. Seattle could fall off the face of the planet. There's a lot of teams that could make moves. I mean, yuck, Carolina. Carolina could still win the division if Tampa loses out. There's a lot There's a lot going in an ugly NFC, uh, but getting that buy is pretty big. So it'll be interesting to see what Philly does if they just kind of rest hurts going out the way. And uh, Dallas, oh, Dallas just let it go last week versus Jacksonville. They could have made some noise, but – I mean, they definitely – everybody was on them last week, and now, I don't know, they just kind of lost a bit of momentum, but they can certainly pick that back up. The okay, Niners, I'm going to rephrase this. On the Niners, like the Niners, it's disgusting how good San Francisco is defensively, and they, they're doing it with Brock Purdy. I, I, they're right now my favorite team in the NFC. I'm going to rephrase this to give you less stress with your answer. In the in the oh. AFC, from from the teams that are in the cluster under the cut line for the wild card, who do you like to, to climb that? With the, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, Jacksonville and the Chargers, I think, are two teams that just look like two good playoff teams, and that's just by competent quarterback play. And I think it goes a lot further when you see the other teams at the top. You see Buffalo, you see Cincinnati, uh, you see Kansas City in the AFC. These teams win games. Their defense might not show up week to week, but their quarterback can certainly win them a game every week. So we're seeing the Chargers just go on a tear now. We're seeing Jacksonville, after a bad stretch, starting to believe in themselves. They, they go into a terrible outdoor game uh, last night and pick up the win. So there's a lot more to like from the teams, the fringe teams in the AFC, than the, the fringe teams in the NFC. That's uh, to make a long answer longer, Taddy. That's my answer. <laughs> All right, Josh, you have yourself a great weekend. Happy holidays. All the best. Yeah, thanks, Taddy. Uh, good luck with the next segment, bud. Okay, yes. <laughs> yes, guys.